This is TV Podcast Industries, and we're here to talk about Good Omens. This is our spoiler-filled preview in association with... Hmm? Ah! Welcome to the Apocalypse. This is Derek from TV Podcast Industries. Hello there, fellow demos. I am one of your other hosts, John. Yes, we're here for our first episode about Good Omens. John, do you know this is the 400th episode of, of podcasting that we've done, but it's one of the first TV Podcast Industries episodes that we've done in about four and a half years, I think? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> we've done so much over on Gotham TV Podcast. Mm-hmm. Defenders TV podcast for the Marvel Netflix. Uh, we did a bit of Hannibal on TV podcast industries back in the day. Hannibal season three. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes, we are here on TV podcast industries with Podcastica. This is a co-production for everything to do with Good Omens on Amazon Prime. Yes, a delightful a uh, little tale of woe by Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett. Yes, yes. This is our spoiler-filled preview. We have been lucky enough to see the first episode of the show, and we're going to get a couple of episodes before uh, the series premieres next week, the 31st of May, on Amazon Prime Worldwide. Uh, the show will be airing on BBC uh, later on in the year, uh, episode by episode weekly. So just like all of the other podcasts that we've done over on Gotham TV Podcast and Defenders TV Podcast, we'll be doing episode by episode discussions, not spoiling any future episodes of the show. This is a spoiler field preview, as I said, but if you don't want any spoilers at all, probably best not to join us until next week anyway, because we will be talking about some of the characters involved in the show, some of the people behind the scenes as well, and it's almost impossible not to spoil anything to do with this this book. You know, the book is about 20 years old. It was released in 1990. I was 14 years old when it was released, um, so... Obviously, you can just read the book, and that will probably spoil the TV show for you, too. Yeah, and shock horror, everyone. I am the newbie. I haven't actually read Good Omens. I've mm-hmm. read certainly plenty of Neil Gaiman yes. and plenty of Terry Pratchett, but never when the two are combined by the power of... Oh, no. Okay, what's that one? <laughs> Grayskull. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, Grayskull. But no, I, when the powers of these two literary giants have been combined, I haven't actually read it. Um, so, yeah, I'm really, really looking forward to being the newbie. Um, and hopefully I won't be asking too many, like, eh, who's, who's that? that? What's that? Because eh? <laughs> I do kind of know the omen and yeah. the, the story of the apocalypse and the coming of the four horsemen and so on and the Antichrist. So I think um, I have a little bit of background knowledge. Right. Well, let's talk about that first, the book itself, uh, who was written by and, and how it came about. Uh, I suppose I was a huge fan. This is my, my proper comic book time. Back in the late, late 80s, early 90s, was reading Neil Gaiman's Sandman books. Absolutely adored those comic books. Very serious, very in-depth, very detailed books, many of them featuring uh, angels and demons, that kind of stuff. And then over the other side, when I was reading my books, I was reading Terry Pratchett. So he did his novels the Discworld novels, which are uh, more fantasy-orientated on a different planet called the Discworld. Uh, and I remember reading both of those and then hearing they were doing this book together and kind of going, oh, wow, a comedy book written by Terry Pratchett using all of the demons and angels that Neil Gaiman does sounds amazing. 
And it turns out that actually Gaiman has a really good comic sensibility. So this book is effectively a comedy book about the apocalypse written by two wonderful British authors. Yeah, definitely. I, I think they they have such great sensibilities, really fantastic imagination for taking taking what people know, like, you know, the arrival of the Antichrist mm-hmm. as an example, uh, and <laughs> switching um, it around totally. And certainly I think Neil Gaiman has done that. You know, if you think of Marvel 1602, where he takes Elizabethan England and the Spanish Inquisition and switches it to the Marvel Universe, mm-hmm. you think of, um, I think it's Glass Apple, one of his short stories, um, where it switches the tale of the Sleeping Beauty. Snow Glass Apple, yes. Snow Glass Apple, yeah. You know, really excellent. And in effect, you know, this is kind of one of those... Uh, premises here of switching the familiar to something uh, new uh, and and interesting and Mm -hmm. in this case new interesting funny and and everything else and and working uh, you know together with uh, Terry Pratchett here Um, and it's interesting the idea of a co-authored book like this um, and how that process would work as well but i mean it ultimately i think has created something that um has a lot of following here um, yes. you know and certainly when i knew that neil gaiman and terry pratchett um had written this and it was coming to amazon prime coming to tv mm-hmm. adapted again by neil gaiman so really good to see that you know the original well one of the original authors obviously uh, is involved in the adaptation to the teleplay to the screenplay mm-hmm. uh, then you know it's really really good so yeah. yeah dead excited for um for this series of six episodes isn't it uh, yeah absolutely yes sadly terry pratchett did pass away he passed away in 2015 but uh, there's been some interviews with neil gaiman quite recently when he's been promoting the show where he's effectively said this was kind of the dying wish of terry pratchett was to have this book produced as a TV show with Neil Gaiman's involvement. You know, there's a really interesting quote from Gaiman where he says, I could have made so much money just sitting down and writing another book for myself. I'm not going to spend two years writing the screenplay for this TV show and being the showrunner for a TV show. It makes me practically nothing, but I'll do it for Terry, basically. So uh, a lot of love going into this. You can see by the cast choices that are involved in this loads of great people involved we'll be talking about them in a minute but uh, all of these people involved to bring this story uh, alive for terry pratchett uh, based on this book good omens which is subtitled the nice and accurate prophecies of agnes nutter which it's just great to have all of these people involved in the show these are kind of the all-seeing eyes the writers and directors for the show with neil gaiman being the showrunner uh, involved obviously in all of the production is of course another director the director of the entire show is douglas mckinnon he's a british director done many many episodes of doctor who which is where i know him from most uh, did eight episodes of that that show and he also did the sherlock episode the abominable bride so he's worked with gaiman and with uh, that whole team behind those wonderful british productions over the last few years great yeah guess. yeah really good um and I think that sensibility, I mean, we saw it with the uh, the chattering order of, of St. Beryl mm-hmm. uh, and the Antichrist song. Um, you know, that <laughs> sensibility, slightly Python-esque yep. uh, in terms of its delivery, you know, slightly breaking of the fourth wall that the writer, Neil Gaiman's there, kind of looking towards you as the viewer uh, on that as they're singing Antichrist. Um, so it, it's... It's a great sensibility, uh, and I, I'm really looking forward to see what Douglas uh, McKinnon does. And obviously, you know, for Neil Gaiman, I think it's—I uh, just can't wait. There's so many things of his that I have 
absolutely enjoyed. You know, I met those American gods absolutely, as well. Absolutely, yeah. This, com- um, this, this show actually will be probably quite a big surprise to anybody that has only seen American Gods, I suppose, because American Gods is a very serious and a hugely well-funded American show. It doesn't have that British sensibility to it that, <laughs> uh, that we're seeing so far in uh, Good Omens. Good Omens has definitely got that Python-esque sense of humour, as you mentioned, John. Uh, we're already seeing that, very much seeing that in the books itself. Let's go on and talk about some of the major characters in the show, because the show wouldn't be the show without the two major good and evil characters, our two kind of, I suppose, points of view for the storyline. We have Azeraphel, which is an angel and part-time rare book dealer, yes. uh, played by Michael Sheen. Yeah, I think Michael Sheen, uh, such a good actor mm-hmm. uh, here. Uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing you know what he brings to uh, this show because I think it will be a really nice pairing with uh, David Tennant who plays Crowley um, you know who I think it's described as an angel who did not so much as fall but saunter vaguely downwards so <laughs> I think it's uh, yeah I think this is really really good pairing yeah. um, I, I think a lot of the casting here is uh, pretty phenomenal um, within um, this series as well and yeah. i'm looking forward to seeing how they all work i mean even down to the voice of satan uh played by benedict cumberbatch mm-hmm. and the voice of, of god uh voiced by francis Mac- mcdormand so mm-hmm. uh, this is you know this is going to be really really interesting um i mean tenant in you know doctor who in um harry potter in Jessica Jones, um, which we cover, you know, just brings that magic that mm-hmm. he seems to have to every role. Michael Sheen also has this lovely quirkiness uh, to his performances mm-hmm. uh, that, you know, with the look of the eye, with the kind of knowing nod and, and just the way he holds himself like David Tennant. And I, I think these two are going to work really well together as, as the two main uh, pro antagonists or something, you know. <laughs> pro antagonists. Pro antagonists. Like <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. Michael Sheen has been involved in this project for years. He's always kind of wanted to be involved. He was a fan of Neil Gaiman's and got to meet him very early on in his career after starting out uh, quite young in acting. You know, he's just one of those great actors that just changes with every performance. He's performed many many real life characters, and I think that's why he's just a chameleon when he gets into a role. Um, many people have suggested he could have played. Uh, Crowley and David Tennant could could have played Aziraphale. So those two parts kind of interchangeable. I think they work so well. I can see exactly why you would put someone like Tennant in that kind of sort of slimy, creepy demon role. Because we've seen him in Jessica Jones, as you mentioned, John, in that really slimy, creepy purple man um, role that he played so successfully in season one of Jessica Jones. And then you have this very polite, upper-class British uh angel in Aziraphale, so uh, which Michael Sheen <laughs> can play perfectly. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and, you know, both of them having a little bit too much affinity with planet Earth, really, and, uh-huh. and the, the humans that reside on it. And, of course, to destroy that harmony that they are kind of being bedding down into are the apocalyptic horse persons. <laughs> Death, war, famine, pollution, uh, all really coming to... To upset that apple cart, really. Uh, War is played by Morelli Enos. Uh, Pollution played by Lords Faberas. Uh, Famine by Yusuf Gatewood. And Death, of course, is voiced by uh, the fabulous Brian Cox. Mm -hmm. 
Yes, really excited to hear this wonderful voice of Brian Cox. I think he's actually played Death in something else before, in other programs before. He's just got that magnificent voice on screen. Uh, Death is a character that's featured really, really heavily in the Discworld novels, a really humorous take on the character of Death. It's kind of that version that we'll see over here. Neil Gaiman's version of Death is a very, very popular character, but kind of like a goth girl a lot of the time is the way yeah, you see that yeah. character. It's not that version of Death. This is the uh, this is the skull inside a black hooded kind of character. Is that version of Death that we're going to see on on Good With Omens. the scythe, with yes. the scythe, exactly, exactly. But they will be traveling around together on their motorbikes, leading to the apocalypse. I think some of the promotional pictures that have come out. Uh, which are really, really nice, is you see the motorbikes with the uh, four horse persons of the apocalypse um, riding them. Uh, but you also then have the, the four young kids with Adam, who is Damien, um, on, their tr- on their bicycles, basically, <laughs> replicating <Adam> <laughs> um, the, the four horse persons of the apocalypse. Yes, very, very interesting. Yes, there are many humans involved in this show. It's not just this apocalyptic battle between the horse people of the apocalypse and the supernatural beings. There's also many people on Earth. Some of them, well, I guess the Antichrist is among them, so I guess he's not technically human, but he is the leader of the them, the four young... uh, I guess, protagonists of the show, you'd call them. We have Pepper, who is this magnificent character. She's one of the characters that really stands out in the book. A proper feminist. Uh, back in 1990, as she was written, <laughs> she she can hold, go toe-to-toe with any of the other boys in this gang. Apart from Adam, who's still the leader. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> leader and Antichrist. Yeah. There's also Wensleydale. Yeah. Um, a boy. He's kind of the nerd of the crew. Yeah. He's kind of the, the kid who, who wants to get all the information out of everybody around him as well. And also Brian as the other member of the of the gang. And they are joined by Dog. It's kind of like their own little famous five that they have here. Uh, Dog, the satanical hellhound and cat warrior, as described by <laughs> Gaiman in the book. Yeah, it, it <laughs> is. Um, that's, that's a great way of describing it. It is like the punk Enid Blyton famous five here, <laughs> much, yeah. to be honest. Um, yes. All going off down by the railway sidings to drink uh, lemonade and cause the apocalypse, I suppose. <laughs> uh, really, really good. And the dog, yeah, I mean... Just such a great description here, satanical hellhound and cat warrior. Exactly. Um, yep. Absolutely fantastic. So there's this grouping as well that we will get to to learn about and, and, and love as well. And I, I think, you know, in amongst that, there's, there's witch finders, there are prophets, there are occultists, and there is, of course, Sister Mary Loquacious, a satanic nun of the Chattering Order of St. Beryl, whose sole purpose is to bring the Antichrist into the world um, and do the switcheroo as well. Mm-hmm. So absolutely fantastic. Yeah, there's a few other major characters in the show. We have Newton Pulsifer, who's a wages clerk and a private witch finder. He's one of the newer characters in the show. Interestingly, he's played by Jack Whitehall, who's a British comedian. You've seen him in some other shows. He's he's kind of an awkward British guy, but in the books, he's very much described as pretty ugly as well, an unattractive <laughs> sort of character. I think what I've seen so far from the trailers, I think Jack Whitehall's playing this as kind of a bumbling idiot, I suppose, um, rather than just being ugly. Yeah, and I think that plays to his strengths, actually, mm-hmm. to be honest. As probably a comedic actor, that really does play to his strengths. Yeah, yeah, he's a really interesting actor. I'm looking forward to seeing him in, in the show. Uh, one of the other major characters, Anathema Device, uh, who is the person who owns the book, effectively. She owns the nice and accurate prophecies of 
Agnes Nutter, which she's the one that knows exactly what's going to happen in this final week before the apocalypse. She's played by Adria Arjona. Looking forward to seeing what she's like in the role as well. Yeah, definitely. And we have Madame Tracy. Mm, the painted played, Jezebel. Yeah, who's played <laughs> by the wonderful Miranda Richardson. Yes. Um, you know, from Harry Potter, mm-hmm. but also uh, for uh, aficionados of Blackadder, Blackadder 2, as Queen Elizabeth. Um, so, Queenie. yeah, Queenie. Uh, really, really good. She's one uh, of your favourites, isn't she? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And finally, probably the other major character in the show, Michael McKean is playing Shadwell. Michael McKean, you may remember, as Turning It Up to Eleven, back in that wonderful Spinal Tap and many, many excellent films, uh, using his comedic abilities all the way through those years. Really looking forward to seeing his take on this grumpy character of Shadwell, the Witchfinder. Absolutely. Channel. But, I mean, the, the roll call really does just keep on going. Mm-hmm. You know, you have... Um, Harmony, who's played by Mark Gatiss. Mm-hmm. Um, again, Sherlock, uh, Doctor Who. We have John Hamm, who I am really, really looking forward to mm-hmm. um, seeing how he plays the comedy because uh, John Hamm, I loved in the Black Mirror Christmas special. Oh, yeah. Um, and I certainly, I, I think he can do a really good uh, deadpan comedy element as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm really looking forward to seeing his Archangel Gabriel. Uh, Metatron is played by Derek Jacobi. Again, a great actor. I'm really looking forward to uh, Derek Jacobi, who can who can turn uh, Machiavellian really nicely. And of mm-hmm. course, Metatron has that uh, element to him, mm-hmm. uh, you know. Uh, and forgive me if I call him Megatron from time <laughs> to time. It's just one of those things. <laughs> the voice of God, Me- Megatron. <laughs> I don't think that works. Yes, Derek Jacoby, the most famous Derek out there. Uh, one of my favourite actors as well. Uh, he did play the Master over on, on Doctor Who. He uh, did, and as a surprising role. Uh, yeah, and also joining Mark Gaddis, who was very famous as a member of the League of Gentlemen. Two other members of the League of Gentlemen are yeah, joining yeah. the show. Uh, Steve Pemberton will be playing Glozier in, in a, uh, an episode later on in the series, and Rhys Shearsmith will be joining playing William Shakespeare uh, during an episode. Yeah, anything that they are in, I am absolutely for. Uh, with Mark Gassis, Steve Pemberton, Reese Shearsmith, um, you just know you're going to get something a little special, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it, it's great that they're maybe just being a, a special guest star in, in one of the episodes. Yeah. Um, and certainly you have to check out, if you like dark humour, um, if you like off-the-wall humour, and dare I say, if you like really dark humour, to be honest, uh, <laughs> then League of Gentlemen is a very uh, dark, humorous comedy series. Yeah, I'd say if you enjoyed some episodes of Black Mirror and laughed at a lot of the comedy that is in there, if you laughed at the yeah. comedy parts in there, you'll get League of Gentlemen, I'd say. That's how Black Mirror is comedy, of course. We all know how scary and and crucifyingly difficult that show can be to watch. But there are comedy moments in there. And if you get yeah. that comedy, you'll get it. Finally, for our friends over at Podcastica, you might be interested, as Podcastica has probably the biggest Walking Dead podcast out there. A former member of the cast of Walking Dead will be on the show. David Morrissey will be playing Captain Vincent in one of the episodes. Uh, I got to speak to him earlier on this year at uh, Walker Stalker Con in London and asked him about being on the show for the episode uh, because he got the opportunity to work again with David Tennant, who he'd previously worked with on Doctor Who. And he really says that David Tennant brought pulled out all the stops to make sure he was a leader on the show and made sure that everybody was hitting their marks and everybody was having a good time and really dedicated to the to the role on the show. So really nice to hear that from Morrissey. I've always liked him as an actor. It's great to see that they're using him on the show as well absolutely um david morrissey fantastic stage and screen actor mm-hmm. so again it's just a really great 
cast here yeah. in the sense that you know there's a certain amount of security and a, an assurance uh, within that cast that you're going to get a good performance mm-hmm. i i think um and i, I think that's always going to be a good basis and something like comedy can be so difficult to to do and, and the fact that you've got uh, a number of different people uh, that have worked on stage as well as screen that do comedy in various different forms, like um, Jack Whitehall, like Mark Gattis, Steve Pemberton, Reese Shearsmith, mm-hmm. even David Morrissey and Derek Jacobi. You know, these comedy um, shows and, and plays that they've done as much as things on TV, like with John Hamm. So it, it's just really, really good because, you know, comedy acting, comedic acting um, is a certain skill in its own right. So uh, I'm mm-hmm. really looking forward to, to that for sure. Yeah, I'm so excited for you to watch this, John. This has been a book that stayed with me for years. I read it again quite recently and also listened to the audio book uh, over the course of the last couple of weeks to catch myself back up on everything that goes on in this book. And it is genuinely a fun ride from start to finish as a, as a book. And it really does look like this series is going to capture that kind of zeitgeist of that book as well. So hopefully it'll, uh, it'll play out as well on screen as it did uh, in the books. I think that's it for our preview of Good Omens. We will be back with our review of the first episode of Good Omens, uh, entitled The Beginning, as all good starts should be called, uh, on the 31st of May. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the podcast over at tvpodcastindustries.com. You'll get the first episode as soon as it's released on the 31st of May. Uh, we're on Spotify, we're on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts. Make sure you leave us a review over on any of the podcasters of your choice. And if you want to send us in any feedback at all, you can email us at goodomenspodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, please uh, subscribe to us, rate us, leave a review, because I think it's great to share the love and to share the podcast, especially when the end of the world is nigh. Mm -hmm. You can also listen to some other great Podcastica podcasts, such as The Walking Dead cast, Strange Indeed, which is currently covering zombie show Black Summer, or catch up on House Podcastica, an excellent in-depth Game of Thrones podcast. So please go on and check out Podcastica as well. You know, we're really proud to have our show as part of Podcastica mm-hmm. uh, as well. So, yes, we will be bringing our review and discussion of Good Omens Episode 1 in the beginning when the series is released on Amazon Prime on May 31st. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll talk to you again then. Speak to you soon. The apocalypse is coming. Wear your hard hat. Jason, Jason Kabasi. Bye.